Book 23 Now to the upstairs chamber, the old dame, cackling, ascended, bearing her mistress the news that her much-loved husband was inside. Nimbly her knees rushed on, though her feet underneath kept stumbling. Standing above her head, she spoke these words and addressed her. Come now, awake, dear daughter Penelope, so with your eyes you finally see for yourself what all of your days you have longed for. Noble Odysseus has come and arrived home, late though his coming. Yes, he has killed the presumptuous suitors who always disturbed this palace of his, insulted his son, and devoured his possessions. Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed her. Mama, dear, you have been driven insane by the gods who are able, even if one is a sensible person, to make her quite senseless. Those who are simple of mind, they set on the way of discretion. Now even you they derange, though before your mind was well balanced. Why are you mocking me, who have a heart so heavy with sorrow, telling me this nonsense and awakening me from the pleasant sleep that was holding me fast, after covering over my eyelids. Never have I slept such good sleep from the time that Odysseus parted to see evil Ilion, that place not to be mentioned. But come now, go away and return to the hall of the palace. If it were anyone else of the women belonging to me who came with a message like this and awoke me out of my slumber, swiftly and hatefully I would have sent her away to return back down to the hall, but in this old age is for you an advantage. Speaking to her made answer the much-loved nurse Eurycleia. I do not mock you at all, dear daughter, but really and truly, noble Odysseus has come and arrived home, just as I told you. He is the stranger and guest whom all in the palace insulted. Yes, and Telemachus has for a long time known he was inside, but in his thoughtful discretion concealed the design of his father, so that the violent deeds of the arrogant men he could pay back. So she spoke, and the lady rejoiced, jumped out of her bed, then gladly embraced the old woman, and let tears fall from her eyelids. Raising her voice, she spoke, and in these winged words she addressed her. Come, dear mamma, if you can indeed say this to me truly, if he has really arrived back here in his house, as you tell me, how has he managed to set his hands on the shameless suitors, being but one, while they in the house stayed always together? Speaking to her made answer the much-loved nurse Eurycleia. I did not see it or learn it, but I heard only the groans of men being killed, while deep in a nook of the well-built chambers we sat stricken with terror. The well-fitted doors were enclosing us right up to the moment your son Telemachus called me out of the room, for his father himself had sent him to call me. Then I discovered Odysseus among dead bodies of slain men standing, and they quite covered the hard-stamped floor all around him, heaped up one on another. Your heart would have warmed to behold him, spattered and fouled with the blood and the battle-gore, much like a lion. Now, in fact, they are all outside by the doors of the courtyard, lying together, the beautiful house he is fuming with sulfur, with a great fire that he kindled, and he sent me here to call you. But come, follow along, so that both of you go on the way of happiness deep in your hearts.'
since many the ills you have suffered. Finally now this long-felt wish and desire is accomplished. He has himself come back to his hearth still living and found both you and his son in the halls. Although they have done to him many evils, on all of the suitors he took his revenge in his palace. Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed her. Mama dear, do not exult at it yet so greatly, nor cackle. You are aware that to all in the house he would be most welcome when he appeared, above all to myself and the son that we brought forth. Nevertheless, this story is not the real truth as you tell it. No, some immortal it is who has slaughtered the valorous suitors, angered at their heart-anguishing crimes and iniquitous actions. For to no person who lives on the earth they showed any honor, neither the base nor the noble, whatever man might have approached them. So for their recklessness they suffer this evil. Odysseus, far from Achaea, has lost his return, and himself is lost also. Speaking to her then answered the much-loved nurse Eurycleia, Oh, my child, what a word has escaped from the fence of your teeth now, when you say that your husband, who sits inside at the hearth, will never return to his home. Your spirit is ever mistrustful. Come now, something besides I will tell you, a manifest token. It is a scar that a boar inflicted on him with its white tusk, which as I washed him off I noticed and wanted to tell it also to you yourself. But he'd covered my mouth with his hands in great and resourceful astuteness and did not allow me to tell you. But come, follow me now. My life I will hazard upon it. If I am lying to you, by a death most piteous, kill me. Prudent Penelope then spoke out to her, giving an answer. Mama dear, it is a difficult matter for you to interpret, though you are most wise-minded, the schemes of the gods who live always. Nevertheless, let us go to my son, so that I may behold those dead men who were my suitors, as well as the person who killed them. So she spoke and went down from the upstairs room, in her heart much pondering whether to stay well away as she questioned her husband, or to stand near him to kiss his head and his hands and to clasp them. Finally, when she entered the chamber and crossed the stone threshold, she sat then in the gleam of the firelight across from Odysseus, close to the opposite wall. He was sitting beside a tall pillar, casting his eyes down, waiting to see if his virtuous wife would say to him anything, when with her own eyes she could behold him. Long in silence she sat, and a daze came over her spirit. Sometimes full in the face she would gaze at him, thinking she knew him, sometimes failing to know him, who wore foul clothes on his body. Scolding, Telemachus spoke to her these words, calling upon her, Mother of mine, harsh mother, with unreconcilable spirit, why do you thus withdraw from my father, and why are you not now sitting beside him, asking him questions and making inquiry? Other than you, no woman would thus, with an obstinate spirit, stand so far from her husband, who, suffering many afflictions, came in the twentieth year back home to the land of his fathers. Always in you is a heart that is more unyielding than stone is. Prudent Penelope then spoke answering words and addressed him. 
O my child, in my bosom the spirit is full of amazement, nor am I able to say any word to him, nor to ask questions, no, nor to look at him straight in the face. If really and truly he is Odysseus, and he has arrived back home, we will surely know one another, and that even better. For us there are tokens which we, both of us, know of, but which are a secret from others. So she spoke, and he smiled, much suffering noble Odysseus. Straightway in these winged words to Telemachus he began speaking. Well then, Telemachus, let your mother examine and make her trial of me in the halls. She quickly will understand better. Now, because I am so dirty and wear foul clothes on my body, she dishonors me still and will not yet say that I am he. Straightway now let us think of the best way matters could happen. For somebody who kills but a single man while in the district, even a man who does not have many avengers thereafter, flees into exile, leaving his kin and the land of his fathers. We have destroyed the supports of the city, the best of the young men dwelling in Ithaca now. It is this I urge you to think of. Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to him, giving an answer. Look to these matters yourself, dear father, for yours is the finest mind among men in cunning, as it is reported, nor is there anyone else among men who are mortal who might be a rival. We will be eagerly following you, for I do not imagine we will lack courage at all, so far as we have any power. Speaking to him then answered Odysseus of many devices. Well then, I will now tell you the way I think is the best one. Start out first by washing yourselves, then putting on tunics. Order the handmaids here in the palace to dress in clean garments. Next then, holding his clear-toned lyre, must the godlike singer furnish us rhythmical guidance and dance for a festival revel, so that whoever was outside hearing would think it a wedding, either a man who was walking the road or else one of the neighbors, so that the widespread news not get to the town of the death of these men who were the suitors until we have made our departure out of the house to our well-wooded farm. There, after arriving, we will take thought of the schemes the Olympian then may provide us.